The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you again for joining us here today on Truth and Love Radio, Pastor Sharam Hadian with you. Folks, I'm glad you're with us today, and we have some breaking news that I wanted to share before we jump back into um, the series of programs that we've been doing. Uh, This is uh, news that we've actually been praying for, and and I've talked about this issue um, really for the last number of months uh, across the country, wherever I have gone in all my presentations on the radio show here, uh, we have encouraged people to pray for this very thing. And what I'm talking about is the fact that uh, uh, President Trump announced that he is removing H.R. McMaster as the national security advisor. Um, McMaster, uh, I I wish it was sooner than later, but apparently it's going to be sometime in April that he's uh, stepping down officially. Apparently he's retiring from the military and he's going to sail into the sunset. And President Trump was more than gracious uh, with uh, his remarks, uh, you know, saying that McMaster served this country and so forth and so on. But we have been talking about McMaster as an Obama holdover. We've been talking about McMaster as uh, what I believe to be um, p- perhaps even treasonous in some ways in his behavior, particularly regarding the Islamic threat. And uh, we know, and I think that this was a deep state plant in some way, folks, uh, but one of the things that, that, that we have continually talked about is praying that the Lord would expose the 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 uh, corruption that has been in our nation uh, since the last administration, particularly even before that. And sadly, there are uh, certain times where uh, that just doesn't uh, manifest, like with the fact that we just got word that the House and the Senate passed this $1 trillion massive omnibus that um, really the Democrats are more happy with and the Republicans does, does nothing to defund Planned Parenthood, does nothing to defund sanctuary cities, does really very little to fund the border wall. Not quite sure what the Republicans are happy about, and I think it's another disgrace uh, that shows you that whether Republican or Democrat, it doesn't really matter if they're not going to stand for the principles of this nation, for the rule of law, for the Constitution. Um, So that's discouraging. That's disappointing. But this news about McMaster is an answer to prayer, I believe. I believe that this is what needed to happen because the person who's taking his position, John Bolton, while I have some concerns about Bolton's connections to the sort of globalist uh, or some could say he's a neocon, uh, you know, nation building type of mentality, what I do, uh, he does come highly recommended by uh, the likes of Frank Gaffney, who is from Center for Security Policy, and they believe that he is going to deal much differently with the Islamic threat and particularly with the Muslim Brotherhood. You take that with the decision of President Trump to put Mike Pompeo 
uh, as the uh, head of the State Department. Of course, it has not gone through confirmation yet, but he got rid of Rex Tillerson and brought in Pompeo. And uh, the the Muslim Brotherhood is already complaining about Pompeo, saying he's, he's an Islamophobe. Well, folks, that's a good thing. If, if, if they're saying he's an Islamophobe and that he has very, uh, been very critical of the Islamic movement, and particularly the Muslim Brotherhood, apparently he has been very supportive when he was a congressman to, uh, to want to label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. Um, if this is the case and if he gets in there, this would be also good news. So with the combination of potentially Bolton in as the national security advisor with a combination of Mike Pompeo as the head of the State Department. Uh, folks, if they label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization, when it comes to the Islamic threat and the Islamic movement in America, it would be a new day. It would be a whole different ball game. Uh, it, it would open things up for the side of truth to prevail and for there to be pushback on the absolute Islamization and infiltration of our nation. So let's pray that the Lord would continue to expose, that the Lord would continue to give Trump wisdom, and that he would listen to the voice of God and to those who are who would give him right advice. Um, this is, I again, I, I can't tell you enough, we've been praying for McMaster to be removed for months. So I, I believe this is an answer to prayer. I believe that... Uh, this is uh, finally the removal of this element that has been a, from the very beginning of the administration. Remember, they got rid of Mike Flynn, and they put um, McMaster in there. And remember, McMaster, don't forget, is the one who fired Rich Higgins and Derek Harvey for the memo that they wrote exposing the Marxist, globalist, communist um mainstream media Islamist conspiracy uh, against not only President Trump and to remove Trump from office by whatever means necessary, but ultimately against the republic as it, as it may or may not stand today. So when the memo was written and was supposed to go up to the, the desk in the office of the president, excuse me, remember that um, McMaster intercepted it he calls them into the office and according to uh phil haney who knows rich higgins uh they were asked whether they wrote the memo by mcmaster they said yes and they were fired immediately and escorted out of the white house to some degree of that whether you know it, it exactly happened that way or not bottom line is mcmaster fired that it did it did not get to the desk of the president so Look, there, there is a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. There is a glimmer of hope. Folks, we've got to continue to pray. The church has got to rise up to the enemies of this nation, to the enemies of the church. Again, I'm not talking about individual Muslims. I'm talking about Islam spiritually as a national security threat, as a spiritual threat to the church, as a political threat to this nation, and, and, and uh, more, you know, more specifically, the Muslim Brotherhood that is a seditious, supremacist, uh, treasonous entity in this nation. Every member of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, who is currently of the, of, the, of the Brotherhood should be arrested, should be prosecuted, and uh, uh, either thrown in jail or better, removed from this nation. But um, that cannot happen. 
It will never happen until they are labeled as such what they are. That is a jihadist terrorist organization, a supremacist uh, organization that wants the destruction of this nation by their own words, by the way. So keep that in prayer. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. I just wanted to give you that breaking news because it, it just happened today. This is big news. Uh, and again, in, in conjunction with other moves that Trump is making in the administration, particularly the State Department move was a huge move and, and pray that Pompeo would uh, get in there. Pompeo, from everything I understand, is a Christian, and he is very strong, apparently, on the uh, understanding the Islamic threat. Uh, so, again, it's a good sign if the Brotherhood is already attacking the likes of Bolton and and Pompeo, uh, this is a positive sign to, um, you know, put a, put a chink in their armor, so to speak, and give us a fighting chance. All right. I want to pick up um, back into the series that we've been talking about. This is part six of Christians have bought into the fraud of refugee resettlement. In fact, what I am talking about, what I just mentioned to you, remember, it is very critical with the moves of Pompeo and uh, uh, with uh, Bolton coming in potentially as the uh, national security advisor. Remember that on the last program, I went over for you the layout of how the refugee resettlement program works. Again, based on, I, I, again, I hope you've had a chance to go back, listen to our previous shows on this. I want this to be an extensive series that you can use to help refute the majority movement upon Christianity in the church to be to buy the, the lie of the fraud of being all welcoming, all in, all inclusive, open our doors, open our borders. Uh, we need to welcome every refugee, so forth and so on. We need to have the information to know how to refute it and how to have a right biblical perspective. I will be getting into, as we get into these shows, uh, I will be getting into the, the so-called biblical arguments that are really uh, taken out of context, abused, cherry-picked verses that those on the left and those liberal Christians and those pro-refugee uh, all-in folks are using. But, but again, we're going through this systematically, as I do in my presentation, and I want to talk today about the uh, more of the national security threat, more of examples of these arrests, and, and attacks that we're seeing perpetrated by refugees, uh, despite the notion that, uh, you know, they're, they're fully vetted and there's no problem. But I want to remind you that the process of the selection of refugees coming into America is happening from the United Nations. Uh, over 95% of the refugees that are selected now, today, are selected by the UN uh, High Commissioner for Refugees, who... Previously was Gutierrez, who now is the head of the UN. So that gives you a little something there to think about. And this this process, which which the Refugee Resettlement Act was was passed in 1980 again by Jimmy Carter. Joe Biden was a sponsor. You know, so it was a Democrat brainchild. Sadly, they got Republic some Republicans to go along with it. Uh, it is nothing ultimately but a seeding strategy 
to change the demographics, to change the uh, very conservative areas. The majority of the 200 communities that are having these refugees placed in them without any, any, any uh, in many cases, consultation with, with state and local officials um, are very conservative areas. Keep that in mind. These are predominantly red districts, Republican areas. So this is a tactic that ultimately is about seeding uh, and getting, uh, you know, leftist Democrat voters. Uh, now, not to say that there are not legitimate refugees in the mix. And that's one of the things we will talk about again is why are we not more concerned if we want to be altruistic and be, you know, Christ-like, why are we not more concerned with the fact that Christian refugees are not being allowed in and protected the way they should? So the U.N. High Commissioner picks them. Remember what I said on the last program? That process is then given to the State Department. The State Department then contracts with these nine refugee resettlement agencies. The nine major refugee resettlement agencies then contract with local, um, more smaller placement agencies. And I've had run-in with some of them, like Soft Landings, for example, in Montana, who was part of the group that uh, protested my event there when I spoke in Missoula. By the way, we're going to be in Montana in mid-April for four nights. I'm going to be speaking uh, in Polson, in... Um, in, uh, uh, let's see, Cut Bank, in um, Great Falls, and in Helena. So if you know anybody in those areas, send them a message, send them an email, give them a call, let them know. Go to our website at tillproject.com on our calendar page. You'll see the events where we're going to be. And we're going to be talking a lot about this issue and the, the whole interfaith uh, Trojan horse. But the State Department is critical because the State Department is the one who's contracting so if we get some different attitude at the State Department and can clean house, folks, you got to understand the, the, the State Department, the Justice Department, the FBI, you're seeing evidence that the swamp is alive and well, that there has been very little of house cleaning that has happened. So it is critical to get somebody in the State Department that may just change the parameters that, that is happening with these agencies um, and particularly with the uh, attitude towards the Muslim Brotherhood and the Islamic movement because the Muslim Brotherhood is all in for refugee resettlement, uh, particularly of Muslims. Of course they're all in because that's one of their tactics is civilization for, for civilization jihad is the hijra. Again, this is what we're talking about, right? Immigration jihad. That's what the hijra is. It is part of jihad. So, Pompeo could be a critical piece in there. Bolton could be a critical piece, perhaps. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about the national security threat. Remember, I read to you last time from some co uh, comments from both uh, disgraced FBI Director Comey, uh, from uh, whistleblower DHS whistleblower Phil Haney, and others who have talked about that the national security threat is very real. ISIS has, had, has clearly said that they are going to infiltrate the refugee program, both in Europe and in, in the West, in North America, Canada, the, the United States. Um, I mentioned to you that uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions gave a nugget 
a few months back when he did publicly stated that of the thousand current FBI cases for terrorism charges, 300 plus are involving refugees. And remember, one of the, the selling points that the, the liberal Christian churches, the Immigration Evangelical Roundtable is using is that these refugees have not harmed anybody, they have not, they have not, uh, uh, or they have not killed anybody. And that was the argument that was being used by the Muslim Brotherhood and by those supporting this refugee resettlement, including the likes of World Relief, World Vision, um, and the other agencies that we'll, we'll mention who, who are against President Trump's travel ban, particularly from Syria, from Iraq, from Sudan, from Somalia, because, remember, that's where the majority of the refugees are coming from. The majority of the refugees are coming from Somalia. They're coming from uh, Sudan. They're coming from the Congo. They're coming from Syria, So from Iraq. So these refugees that are coming in, remember, money, 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 money. $2,200 plus per refugee and, of course, extra bonus money for every family member that they bring in that's why they are not that's why these agencies do not want to end chain migration and they're fighting so hard with the left to stop chain migration and support the the likes of daca the 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 idea of giving amnesty and a pathway of citizenship to these um undocumented illegal minors uh, and again i don't have a problem with them uh if they came into the U.S. and were brought by their parents of no fault of their own to be able to deal with them effectively. But pathway to citizenship, I'm not happy about. But certainly pathway to citizenship where they get in front of the line, I'm definitely not happy about. I believe that's immoral. If there's any pathway, they should stand in the back of the line and wait turn the turn as others. So is the refugee resettlement program a national security threat? Clearly it is. And we are in absolute denial if we think it's not. Let me give you some um, more examples. I tried to broach some of these. We're running out of time on the last program. But I want to give you some examples here. Again, the number one source. There, there's two websites that I'm going to encourage you if you're wanting to be well-versed in this area. Number one, refugeeresettlementwatch.wordpress.com. That's Ann Corcoran. C-O-R, Corco, C-O-R-A-N, Corcoran, okay? She's the expert when it comes to understanding the whole program. Her website is a treasure trove of information about the refugee resettlement. You can spend days uh, on her website with all the information she has. So that's one, refugeeresettlementwatch.wordpress.com. The other one is our friend Leo Homan. Leo, L-E-O, Homan, H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. If you go to Leo's website, Leo is on top of this issue with regards to um, giving specific examples. He just recently testified at the state capitol in, in, in Pierre, South Dakota, to no avail, sadly, because even the, some of the, many of the Republicans didn't want to listen to the truth. But he l lays out evidence of the overwhelming uh, number of cases now of uh, particularly Somali refugees, but 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 uh, African refugees who are committing acts of terror, um, violence, and, um, and, and jihad. So 
I brought to you, by the way, another little update that I just forgot to mention. Remember we had brought the story of the Muslim police officer in Minnesota, Muhammad Noor. If you remember, he had shot the Australian woman, Damond. Uh, she supposedly, they were startled. He was in the passenger seat of the SUV. He shoots across his partner's head, strikes her in the abdomen and kills her. For months, we had not heard anything. He was not, he, 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 to this day, he has not cooperated with the Minnesota Police Department. And um, he was on paid administrative leave, getting his full salary every month. Finally, finally, we got word this week that he has been charged with murder and with manslaughter. Uh, sadly, it's third degree murder, and I believe it's second degree manslaughter. But um, he, he, he has been fired. He has lost his job. So remember, he was a diversity hire. In fact, because of him, the police chief lost her job. The mayor was ultimately ousted. Uh, he was a diversity hire, a Somali migrant diversity hire that had multiple uh, uh, reprimands against him. Uh, there was r rumors on the, in the department that nobody wanted to be his partner. Um, that's what happens when you hire based on diversity rather than based on merit. And as a former police officer, I can tell you that I don't care if you're black or white or male or female. I want to know that if I'm on the street, you have my back. I have your back. You're, you're skilled. I'm skilled. You're going to do your job, and I'm going to do my job. In that moment, it doesn't matter you know, uh, what color your skin is. But when you hire for diversity, that's what happens. So let me give you some examples again that Leo points out. Um, here is one African migrant charged with attempted murder in acid attack on Maryland woman. Uh, this happened um, by uh, Bekre Abdella, who's a migrant from Ethiopia. Uh, and and um, the woman was left badly burned, likely scarred for life in a medical-induced coma after this male migrant uh, housemate threw acid in her face. Um, the suspect is a 28-year-old Ethiopian um, named, as I said, Bekra Abdella. He's charged with first-degree attempted, uh, first and second-degree attempted murder, apparently. So this is one. Let me give you some other examples here. I'd mentioned to you the Somali migrant who tried to rape a student after hiding in the woman's restroom. Assad Abu Mohammed, an East African migrant, was charged with sexual assault in a carefully planned attack targeting the women's restroom of a local college Friday in Bloomington, Minnesota, where I'm going to be in exactly over two weeks. I'm going to be speaking in Bloomington with uh, Brandon House, Worldview Weekend, uh, John Guandalo, Chris Gobbitz are going to be there earlier in the, in the evening. Myself and Jimmy DeYoung and Brandon House are going to be there later. Um... Oh man, folks, this is just—it just gets frustrating after a while. Um, this is, this is um, uh, after another uh, example. December thirteenth, another woman, twenty-six-year-old, twenty-six-year-old Morgan Evanson, was assaulted on the streets of Minneapolis, stabbed fourteen times by a man that she described as a Somali. Uh, Somali, uh, he has not been caught. He, he's on the loose. Nobody knows where he is. She's recovering. Uh, this is after. At the Mall of America in Bloomington on November 12th, a Somali refugee, Mahad Abdurrahman, attacked two brothers with a butcher knife. Now, initially, the police had, had said, oh, this is about a robbery. 
But in court documents, he admitted, he admitted in open court that his attack was motivated by the belief in Islam and Allah. It was not part of some attempted robbery as the Bloomington police, I believe, were trying to, and the local media were trying to cover it up. He said he went to the mall to that day to answer, quote, the call for jihad. Now, if you remember, I mentioned to you that we had many other examples. Uh, you had the Somali Muslim Dahar Adan, the St. Cloud, Minnesota uh, stabber. You had Abdul Razak Ali Artan, the Somali Muslim who was the Ohio State University uh, where he drove his car and got out and stabbed people. Fortunately, he did not kill anybody and he was killed by a campus police officer. A Somali Muslim refugee, Liban Muhammad, Aberdeen, South Dakota, sexually assaulted a 31-year-old disabled woman. Now, remember in all of these that we've mentioned and in all these cases that we've mentioned, um, nobody had been killed. So the, so the narrative is, well, no one's been killed. Of course, they've been maimed and attacked and terrorized, raped, but no one, you know, acid thrown in their face, but nobody's been killed, which is a ridiculous argument, right? It is a cowardice argument, in my opinion, particularly if it comes from Christian leaders, like the uh, Declaration of Evangelical Response. However, all of that, remember, changed when Uzbeki ref Muslim refugee Seifulo Sayapov, he was the pa Patterson, New Jersey guy, or it happened in Patterson, New Jersey, I should say. He was a Uzbeki Muslim refugee who was shouting Allah Akbar as he was running people over with the Home Depot truck, and he killed eight people, including uh, tourists from Argentina. So no longer can they claim that no one was been killed by these migrant third world refugees coming to the United States, uh, particularly from the Somali community. There is a record in the last two years, a number of Somalis who have been arrested, wanting to go fight with ISIS or allegiance to ISIS or allegiance to Al-Shabaab. This is a major problem. It's going to be a growing problem. And when they are not assimilating, like in Bloomington, like in South uh, Minneapolis area or in St. Cloud, Minneapolis or Dearborn, Michigan or Hamtramck, Michigan or other communities, when they're not assimilating and they're segregating, which we know they will, they will do based on Islamic ideology, the Hijra, as Muhammad did. We know it's going to be a problem in the future, and it's going to be a problem for law enforcement because of because they're going to they're going to become they're going to become no go zones. Let's not forget that they're going to become no go zones like in Europe. And remember, Angela Merkel even finally admitted that there indeed are no go zones in Germany. We'll talk about that on the next program when we come back again. So, folks, this is a this is an issue that we should have a biblical response on. This is an issue that we should have. Yes, be compassionate, but also be wise. Gentle as doves, wise as serpents. I'm not saying that there should not be any refugees. In fact, when we come back on the next show, I will tell you what is the actual numbers of the Christians that are coming in from some of these persecuted countries. So there should be a compassionate response, but there's also got to be a wise response, and we have to trust the fact that if we're going to leave security up to our government, which I don't agree with in all cases, but if those who support that, then let's let them do their job and let's trust them when they say we need to fix a broken system that is allowing these killers, these jihadists into our nation and they're not going to assimilate.
please continue to pray. Things are happening. Lots of things are happening in lightning speed. Please continue to pray. Ask the Lord's wisdom. Ask the Lord's favor. Please repent and let's pray that God will forgive us as a nation and turn us back to him. God bless you. We'll see you on the program next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.